Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune into my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Caram. Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast. A real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest is G. Scott Graham, who is an author of 15 books and counting, a career coach and a business coach in Boston, Massachusetts. Scott coaches clients to identify the true focus of their life, something that speaks individually to them. It means recognising the forces that push their lives off course and adjusting to them so you get where you want to go. It means that when you are 90 years old and you look back on your life, you have a sense of pride, accomplishment and meaning with no regrets. This guy can talk on just about anything from gardening to running a animal farm rescue to cannabis to long distance hiking to grieving to meditation and everything in between. Facts you need to know about this week's guest. He has done 261 days in silent meditation. He's written, as I've said, 15 books. It's number 16's on its way. He has 30 advanced credentials. 1,610 nights spent sleeping outside. Don't know what that equates to in years. 12 muddy endurance obstacle races. And two total knee replacements. Wow. So please join me in welcoming G. Scott Graham to the podcast. So pleased you've come along. I I, let it, I have to tell you, it's a privilege to be here, Claire. It is a privilege to be here. Well, thank you, thank you for agreeing to come along because I know you're really busy. I know you know I know you're really busy. Yeah. And well, we have a couple topics well, to talk about. We have the gay topic to talk about and the grief topic to talk about. What do you want to talk about we do. today? Well, we're going to talk about death and grief. Okay, okay? death. But grief, I think the subject we're going to talk about today is grief. I would love to talk about my kid might be gay situation, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that in another interview. I think I'd love this to come one, back and do that. I'd love to come back and do that. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, okay. So let's get right into it straight away. What is grief? What is it? So like, an easy way to understand grief and 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 I'm going maybe I should talk about this from the perspective of families and parents. And so grief is a is 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 an emotion that we experience when there's something that we value, really value, something that's really important to us, something that really is close to our hearts. We value that and then it's gone. And so the joy that we have for that thing and is, is now replaced with this feeling of loss and grief. 
And I've said death, right, of a person, right? Uh-huh. But it's not. It's death of anything. It's like death of um, or, or changing or transitioning of a situation, right? Right. So if I don't you have, like if you, if everything changes, Everything right? changes. And grief's totally it's a normal. Relationship, could yeah. be relationships. It's it could a relationship. It's a relationship. Could be a Could puppy. be you've finished a cake and you're going to grieve because, like, that was just the most amazing cake ever in the world. A bit different. And I'm trying to lighten this heavy mood. But but it is. It's, it's grieving, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's and the and the piece, like I said, is how much something means to us. And so, you know, it's interesting that you know, for a lot of folks, especially families that have kids and have those kids probably have a pet, a dog, a cat. And that dog is probably their best friend that's always with them and hanging out and be, you know, sitting at their side, playing with them. That the loss of that dog, if that's one of your kids' first losses, is going to be really, really heavy. And an opportunity to teach your kids what really healthy grief is and really why grief is a gift. You know, one of the one of the things we we see, so we hear so much, and it's really screwed up. I can't tell you how screwed up it is. People treat grief like it's a disease and people treat grief like it's like you're a pariah like if you have grief claire if you if something happened to you and you you know god forbid you lost your son right just imagine the horrors of that stuff and you're crying and you're probably crying and carrying on forever right i mean it's people going to be like jesus christ isn't she over it yet come on how many years (laughs) or maybe you need therapy Maybe you need medication. There's, you know, there was, um, you know, Priscilla, it was Priscilla Presley recently talked about the loss of her son Mm. and, and it sparked a whole bunch of conversation again because the American Psychiatric Association um, just added this thing about, you know, unresolved grief, which is bullshit. It's totally total bullshit, bullshit, bullshit to their um, list of diseases that you treat for. And, um, you know, basically it means is that you had a loss and, you know, you're still grieving, you know, years and years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you be? Exactly right. I mean, you know, I, I can think of one time, like I lost my grandfather when I was probably mid-20s. Mm-hmm. I'm now 50, right? It still affects me to this day, but it doesn't mean to say that I don't go on with my life. Like I love my grandfather. I've just recently lost my grandmother a couple of years ago, right? But And they're the only people in my life that I've lost as such, apart from pets, but, you know, don't go there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you you. You get on with you, but I actually am grateful that they were in my life, and I try and change mm-hmm. it round to a positive. Yes, I miss mm-hmm. them and all of those things, but I got to go on living. So right. yeah, so okay, talk about this gift thing because this fascinates me around grief being a gift. So. How is it a gift? So well, let's, can I, can I use you as the guinea pig in this, in this? All right. Yeah. So um, your grandmother died recently, right? Mm-hmm. Were, were you close? 
Yeah. Yeah. She used to look after me every every week. We used to go there for Christmases, you know, all the okay, time. Okay, so yeah. she was pretty close. And so so yeah. you probably know other people, friends, coworkers, neighbors, who also have grandparents who their grandparents have died also. Their grandmother maybe died at some point recently also. Do you yeah. feel sad about their grandmother being dead or their grandfather being dead? How do you feel about their grandparents being for, dead? Well, I still feel sad for them, but I don't really know them. Yeah. Grandparents. I mean, you can, you can say it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well, they're not my, well, you know, you're going to be like, oh, no, people about the person this podcast and going to say, oh, what do you mean you don't care about me? The- no, but at the end of the day, I give a shit about the person Correct. I know, right? Correct. But I don't, I, like, I feel for them and I, I don't know what death, and we're going to cover this subject, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. Death to me, I don't know what death means, right? Okay. It could be that we're being reborn on another journey if we're going to go down the hippie way, you know, and I call it the hippie way. But I'd like to think that we're being reborn on another journey. It could be freeing us from our earthly bodies and then our spirit is free to roam around the universe and we get to visit different planets and all. We don't know. I mean... We really we could don't wish. Know. I think there's so a lot more wishing go- that goes on with with that piece. I mean, the thing when I think about life after death the most is, you know, people that have had, you know, married to a man and then that, you know, man died and then they married to another man and then that man died. And so then when they die, are they going to be in heaven having a three way with their to ex- God, I hope not. What, what, how's, how's that going to work, right? Are they going to be there with both husbands? Are both husbands going to be hooking up while they're hooking up with this? I mean, I don't know. Um, oh, my God. God, lo- I love where you're going with this, but, you know. At we, the, and we, we I mean, always, oh, my God. All the- you know, we think of like, you know, my when my mom died, she was in a really tough space when she died. She was 90, 99 years old when she died. and wow. um she was not, you know, you're not in good health when you get to that age, really. I mean, oh, lots my of things are was 96. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when we think of if her magically being in heaven, right, I don't think of her being like this 96-year-old. I think of her, you know, how does she look? We just create this image, right? Maybe she's 30. Maybe she's 20, right? You know, if you lose a kid exactly. and they're exactly. a toddler, are they 50, would you go see them in heaven? I mean, how's that work? I, uh, yeah. Look, oh, I wonder if there. man. I have a lot of dogs. I wonder if how well, my, all dog, my dogs are waiting for me. I um, don't want to offend people who are listening to this, but I have all, I have so many questions about all of this heaven and hell thing. And I actually wonder if hell is getting reborn on this earth again, right? Because I'm going like, <laughs> let's face it. You, like in I Texas, my, it's getting reborn in America, <laughs> Mississippi. It's well, exactly. <laughs> you know, I do sit there and I go, I go, Jesus, like, I, I'm not. I'm not a billionaire. I'm not, and I don't think a billionaire being a billionaire is a great life either, right? Because right. there's it like you take Kim Kardashian, God love her, right? She's got loads of money, but she gets slated in the press. She get pink gets slated in the press. I mean, nobody is sacred, right? And at the end of the day, right. no, no, no. 
Well, and, not and, nowadays. And you know what we know. What one of the things we know is a study of happiness. This is now it's off the, off to another topic here. But one of the I things know, we know hey. is about this in all the studies of happiness, we know that more things and more fame don't don't make you happy. No. It, it initially makes you happy when you have the new car and the new stereo and the new plane and the new jet boat and all these other things. But they but though that happiness wanes really quickly because you get used to it. And then it's the next thing. Um, that's why you, I mean, why are, why why do famous people people that we look at and we say, wow, they really have it together or they're sons of famous rich people. They're all killing themselves. Right. Oh. The. And taking lots of drugs to disappear out of their world, right? right? And right. I'm going, so, yeah, no, I know. I would like to think that we're just floating around the universe, like visiting different areas. And like it's, you die and you get like an extra superpower, which like you get superpowers, which means one, you're invisible, right? Because it's just your spirit floating around. And two, you can go wherever you want. It's like you can fly like Superman and go wherever you want and visit whoever. Like my mum's in the UK. So we, God, I, I don't want to talk. Boy, Claire, if that were like, true, I'm, I'm already right? this. But like, but, <laughs> I'm going to make know, a list like... of people I'm going to be invisible at and go <laughs> stalk them and push them. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly, exactly right, right? But this like it's like a superpower, right? So just go and stalk a few people, haunt them a bit, go and stalk somebody else. Like, oh, my God. Do you know what we have done? We've gone down that complete rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah we'll bring, we'll, so so let's come back to grief. Well, let's so, come back full so, circle. You know, so the the point of that I was trying to make with this is that grief. When you think about this piece, like I was talking about with your with your with the grandparent example, right? The magnitude of the loss that we feel and the magnitude of the grief that we feel is directly relatable to the love and connection we have to that person in our life. That's why I was asking you about your friends and family, you know, and neighbors and stuff and their grandparents, because you don't have a connection to them. So even though they're a life and even though they're a grandparent, the, you don't feel the loss directly in the same way because it's your grandparent. It's your grandmother. It's your son. It's your daughter. It's your husband. It's your brother. It's your sister. That that really comes to play around the magnitude of the grief that we feel. Yeah. And so when you, if you think about this, if we lived a life where we really didn't, where we had no grief, right? That your son died, you didn't have any grief for him. Your parents died and you have any grief for them. No grief. That means that you lived your life not giving a shit about anybody or anything. So I'm a sociopath so, then. <laughs> and there are some out there. There are some out there. But, but for those of us who are not sociopaths, just as an example. So what that really means is that when you're really feeling a lot of grief, it's not something to feel bad about or something to get rid of. First of all, it's just an emotion. But secondly, that grief means that you have lived your life incredibly well. You have lived your life in a way that you built deep, profound relationships. You took risks. You opened your soul. You bared your heart to another person and when that person is gone or dog or cat or whatever, yeah, that thing that you feel that you feel that wow. because of the 
depth of your um, relationship with that other person. So really that the if the fact that we have grief, that's something to be really grateful for. Mm. Um, because okay. if we didn't, it, we would just be shitheads and have a crappy life. And grief, we grief is natural, isn't it? Like grief is absolutely, absolutely it is. natural. Everyone feels it at some time in their life, whether they've lost a person, lost a pet, lost a relationship, because that's great. People can grieve about childhood houses like you know if they leave the home they can we can grieve about anything and i suppose that's why i asked the question what is grief right at the beginning because and i said at the beginning oh we're going to talk about death but it's death of a thing not it can be a person it can be a thing it can be a place mm -hmm. it can it's mm -hmm. a you know it's a moving on it's a change in somebody's change. life that's it yeah. And, and, and the big thing that you said about grief being natural, the, the thing that I would add to that is that grief is neither good nor bad. Mm. It just is like any other emotion, right? Laughter is not good or bad. It's just laughter, right? Anger is not good or bad. It's just anger. Mm. How sadness is not good or bad. It's just sadness. But with all emotions, we can fuel, this is the important thing to be aware of around this, and this is not just with grief or anger or, or sadness. If we fuel an emotion, that could become problematic for us. Wow. And we want to not do that. And right? so let's unpack that then. When you say fuel an emotion, give me, give me some mm -hmm. examples because, you know, I'm just, I mean, I like... I probably know let's, how I would fuel an emotion, let's right? Let's think about anger for, for a, yeah. a second, right? You're angry because, you know, the, something feels off to you. Um, or you're angry because there was some injustice or somebody did something wrong. And the anger came and gone, right? They Someone calls you a name. You're at the grocery store and somebody, you know, calls you some really horrible I know name. how I'd react. And, um, and you react, you might react, you might be really angry in that moment and that's, and you're done. You scream at that person, you walk away. However, some people will walk away and then 24 hours later, they're home and they're like, that fucking person, how dare they talk to me that way? And it goes on and on and on. The, you know, the, do you know the voice in your head, Claire, crazy Claire? Right. Like I have got crazy Scott who is and, and all these listeners probably have a crazy one that talks to them too. that voice in your head can fuel what, your anger to the point where you're just ready to rip your hair out. You yeah. know, and, and then you're going down the street, down the road at the grocery store and there's another innocent bystander and you lash out at them because you're so angry. Right? I, I used mean, to do that with driving, but I've reframed it now because oh, I used to be like, why are you driving 30 k's below the speed limit? I'm like, rah, because right. um, I always had to get somewhere. I always had to like, you know, I'm just driving in my zone, as it were. And yeah. um, I'm on the, I'm on the fire department. I have a, a colleague on the fire department and she is I can say this because she's not going to hear it because she doesn't listen God to the podcast because she's a curmudgeon to begin with. But um, <laughs> she is 
so angry and negative and everything about her is you talk to her and say, how's it going? And she just starts bitching and moaning about this person, that person, the government, the weather, this thing, that thing, her house, her uh, on and on. And she's just angry all the time. She's she's fueling that. She's fueling that. And and yes, things are tough, you know, and there's difficulties, but you, you fuel that anger, right? So, so hopefully you and your listeners, especially can see that piece around anger. It happens with sadness, right? Somebody sees things in a doom and gloom way and they continue to fuel it by thinking doom and gloom thoughts and what was a rainy day in their mind's eye turns out to be a hurricane of sadness and despair and on and on and on and on and on. Right. Because they're sitting around saying, no, one, it's, I'm all alone. Life sucks. This is bad. They're fueling it. Right. And, and true, their life might suck, but it doesn't suck 24 seven. Right. It's well, you've got to look for the rays of sunshine in your life. Right. And I must admit, I probably get a bit fuely when it's PMT time and I go, oh, my God, because the hormones are raging. I'm PMT, which doesn't happen very often at 50, I have to say. Thank God for menopause. <laughs> but then there's a whole different world of hormones that are hitting my body at the moment. So, hey, ho. Um, but so does that mean you're going to yeah, write a book called gonna... Menopause is a Gift? If I'm saying grief oh my is God. a gift, are you, you just said, Are you writing God a book about menopause as a gift? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should write it. <laughs> No, it's so not a gift, believe you me. I feel that people who are hitting the menopause need therapy, right? Because it's a whole different world. Oh, my God, your body changes. Don't even go there. It's like. This is another, you know, the example of like menopause. So emotions are going to come up and they're going to already be volatile. Right. And so but what you know is like it's it's it comes up and it goes away. You know, if you have a hot flash, it's not going to last forever. It's going to go away. I keep thinking it's going to be great. I won't have to buy female products. (laughs) Just keep thinking about that, right? (laughs) I will not have to go through this one. So, you know, I might be a little bit bigger, you know, whatever. That You know, my teeth are falling out and my hair is going funny. But it will be fine. It will be okay. All these hormones are a good thing. Yes. And we all go through it. So it's all good. It's like, I'm not the only one. So, um, so So the same thing can happen with grief that we're talking about here. Like you, you experience grief. There are some people that experience grief and grief comes up. Like if I were to start talking to you about something, my grief is going to come up because that's just the reality of that situation. But I am not actively fueling it. I'm not sitting at home at night, rolling in it, talking about it, going through, you know, a great example of somebody who is fueling it is going through like picture albums over and over and over again at night and purposely, right. You know, and and they're crying and there's a picture that image of somebody doing that. You know, I have pictures of my husband as I walk down the stairs, I see him every morning. I say wow. hello, I touch the picture, you know, it's a grounding part of my day, but I'm not actively, you know, going through albums and, you know, I no, have to turn you're, off. You're, it's almost like you're, it's almost like you've got a cut and you're poking a hot poker into it 
to just that's expose exactly it again. It. That's a, that's and that's not a, a good thing. thing. Right, right. But if you just have a cut and that cut hurts and you're like, oh, it's really hurting me right now. I've got to put some ice on it. And then you maybe get up in the morning and then it's, oh, now it's it's not so bad as it was yesterday. But tomorrow it might be a little worse, but it's just a cut. Yeah. You know, and the thing That's is, at the end of the day, there's a scar left from that cut, right? You're never going to have that person removed from your life. And I, you know, you're never going to forget them, right? And you wouldn't want to. Like, I wouldn't want to forget anyone in my life. I lost a really close friend of mine in the UK eight years ago, eight years ago, maybe nine years ago, um, who committed suicide, who was a really close friend. Even to this day, I sit there and I go, he was 52, and I sit there and I go, what could we have done? What? Why did he do this? You know, he was obviously in a place where he felt he couldn't get out, call for help, do whatever. Um, and it's like, I'm angry at him and I'm frustrated. I'm not maybe as angry as I was back then, but like, I don't want to forget that person. That person was an awesome, a gift in my life. There mm -hmm. we go. Mm -hmm. But he was, you know, and I grieve him and there are things that crop up and I go, oh, I wish he was here so I could tell him X, Y, and Z, but you just, yeah. life has to get on. And I'm grateful that he was in my life. And I enjoyed so many moments with him, so many crazy moments. I think Crazy Claire came out a lot when I was with him, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, hey, so, like, can you fix grief? How do, how do you fix it? Can you sort it's, it out? It's not – would you, would you want to fix laughter? Well, no. Would you want to fix anger? Well, yeah, maybe that. <laughs> All right. So wait a minute. So this question, when but, would you want to fix anger? Well, when it's hurting people. There you go. That's the piece. The same applies for grief. It applies for laughter. Wow. If someone is laughing hysterically and they just can't stop and they are like, you know, cuckoo, you come up and talk to them. They can't even have a cogent conversation about, you know, the news without laughing and acting hysterically there. That's probably going to be a problem and they're going to need to get some treatment and the same thing with grief if somebody is you know that grief is interfering with your life to the point where you can't get out of bed or you can't you know function in any way whatsoever then that's something to talk about but if it's just a blurb why would you want to fix it well, would you want to fix your would you want to fix your grief you know when you were talking about your friend yeah People can't see this because this is a podcast, yeah. but we're Zooming right now. And I could see your yeah. eyes, Claire. I could see your eyes glossing over when you talked about yeah, your friend. Because he, that, and the, yeah, he's a special person him. in my life. Just like and you loved him. You have special right. pe people in your life. Yeah. He was a mate. Yeah. He wasn't a boyfriend. I have to say that. Two people who know me and everyone listening, like he was like, I would class as a very close friend. But we didn't go like a down brother. the boyfriend. But you still girlfriend. loved him. You cared about him, oh, right? Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, there are some people on here who may listen like, who oh, are back Claire's in the UK. Got a you go, that was mm, okay. Found out about it on the podcast, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so, oh dear, this all goes. We've just, yeah. Anyway, coming back out of the rabbit hole. 
<laughs> of my relationships and my scandal, which wasn't a scandal. Yeah, I'm the guest, Claire. The You're not the guest on Scott's podcast. I know. What the fuck? Okay. All right. Here we go. So, right. So you would asked. I'll yes. tell you this piece, and you'll see. I'm gonna. You'll see this right now. Right now, and and your and your guests on or your listeners will hear this. So you had asked me when we. Um, started this because there's a hyphen after my name, except well, when there it, is. right? You and so G Scott. I'm G Scott Graham. Yes, but in but my email address is G Scott Graham Stevens. Yes, and I think you had said to me, you know, well, you know, should I introduce you as G Scott Graham or yeah. G Scott Graham Stevens? And I said, well, the um, you know, the name and all my books that I've been writing, I've been writing since I've written 15 books oh, no. and I'm working on number 16. And I started writing in like 2014 or 15. And so all my name and all my books is G Scott Graham. It's all the same. It's kind of my pen name. Um, it's now my pen name. Um, so um, after my husband died, I decided that I wanted to change my name so that I could carry him with me um, as we move forward. And, you know, when we got married, I didn't take his name. I still kept my same name and he kept his name. And so um, I decided I wanted to do that in America. And but it's probably the same way in other countries. It is not easy to change your name unless you're getting married or divorce, then it's easy to change your name because there's a legal document to do that. But in America, if you want to change your name, you actually have to go to court and petition a magistrate and appear wow. before the magistrate. And then the magistrate has to come up with a court order of, and they decide whether or not you're going to change your name. And then they actually go back in time and change your birth certificate what? and you get a new birth certificate because in America, our birth certificates, our driver's license and our passports are all linked and they don't want some terrorist coming up with someone's fake name and bombing a building. And so people on their driver's license are, we have this thing called real ID that's spread across the country where your, your ID is verified with who you are and your ID matches your driver's license matches the name on your birth certificate. Oh. You are, it's across the board because they don't want some crazy person pretending to be somebody else and then flying a plane wow. into a building. The world um, we live in, but yeah. And so, um, it's not a small process to change your name. And, no. and, and so after Brian died, it was like two months after that, I decided that that was an important thing to do. So I had to go to the court and petition. And a friend came with me and off we went to court. Um, and uh, and a, the judge asked me to tell my story. And so I told the story oh about how he had died. And, and that was only two body. months. Hmm? And that was only two months after your husband had died. Yeah, because I, I, I so made brave. that strong decision that this was a thing I really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and um, and so I went to the court. I told her the story of, you know, why it was important and why I wanted to carry on that yeah. name. 
by the time I finished the story, the judge was in tears. The court reporter was in tears. The people that were there watching was in tears. Well, she, human. <laughs> she said, it is such an honor to sign wow. this petition. And then she looked at me and she said, you know, I know you're doing this because you want to carry him forward and, and have that symbol of him carrying forward. She said, but she said, I don't know if you thought about this, but, you know, every time now for the rest of your life, when you go to write your name, she'll be with you. Yeah. It was such a powerful thing to, to share. And God love you for doing it. Because it's you're yeah. honoring him for the whole of your life. Right. Until right. both of you are little spirits that can go around and haunt people and with your superpowers of invisibility and extra <laughs> right, flight. Right, right. <laughs> so for so, so for me, for me doing that name change was about kind of acknowledging that moving forward, because we spent a lot of time in our relationship talking about our visions of our lives and where we yeah, wanted to go. Wow. And so I know what his vision was of his life. And so taking on that, his name means that I'm committed to just not caring on my vision, but his, his vision and the things that he wanted to do. And so part of that was establishing an animal rescue, um, which I'm the executive director of, and we're rescuing farm animals. And because that was a piece that was really close to his heart. Um, but I'm doing that because Scott Graham Stevens is doing that. Yeah. Not Scott Graham. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. It makes complete and 110% sense. Yeah, no, it does. And like, so you're, so, but, you know, Good. What? But but you turned your grief into something positive, though, because your husband's vision was, and 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 I have to say, and I don't know whether this is why you and I resonate. If my view and my, I don't want, and I've spoken to, um, we've got a fantastic guy who's on the radio here, Gus Warland whose goal is because he's lost a mentor of his is zero. He wants to, we have nine people in Australia every day that we lose to suicide, nine people. I think six of them are men, or seven of them are men and two of them are women. Right. And his goal is to bring that figure down to zero. Right. And I agree with him. That's one of the reasons why I, started this podcast is because I like I had really dark days, not days where I thought, okay, this is it. But because I had my son, right. And thank God I had my son, but you know, it's though it, you turn them into positives. Well, that's, and I suppose that's, that's what I would do. And I think that's why I said to you, you say sometimes people can fuel grief or fuel anger or whatever. And I try and, turn it into a positive, mm -hmm. which like seems as though that's exactly what you've done yeah, and by honoring your husband. I mean, in, in some ways, I mean, I'm, I think it's for, for me, it was really figuring out the identity of where I wanted to wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and kind of honoring that and moving forward and certainly trying to spin things around in your head can work, can work. 
But here's the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem. With okay. That, is that, and the problem with that is crazy Claire or crazy Scott, because when I am trying to turn something around in my head, crazy Scott already knows what Scott is trying to turn around and is already coming up with rebuttals and other things that are going on in the Mm. back of your head around why that's not true and total bullshit, you know? Um, And so, I mean, because crazy Scott is always one step ahead of me in his wackiness, just like I'm sure for your listeners, the crazy voice in their head is just one step ahead. And so turning it around can be a strategy. It's a very hard strategy. It's much better to, or much more effective. I shouldn't say better. Um, You will get greater success by just accepting that this will pass. This is just my sadness, you know, is, is just today. So to sit in it, not to sit into it, not to, well, not to wallow in it, but to just experience it. Right. And let it, flow like clouds in the sky that are just passing over right wow you protect yourself if it's a rainy cloudy day you put on a rain jacket and go out among the day right um and 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 deal with that you put the things in your place to kind of protect you from the consequences of that but it's like the rain's gonna go and it's gonna be a sunny day a couple days from now The part that we miss, and this is a piece about suicide that I feel really strongly about. You can see this. I don't know what what studies you've done in in your country. In our country, they've done studies, and they they totally ignore these studies. It's like the studies about guns that we do in America, but everybody still has a stupid fucking gun. But um, um, Uh, Don't get me started. That's a whole (laughs) massive crater that we could go down i've come from the uk i live in australia you know i mean we got rid of our guns when we had a bloody gun thing go off in tasmania or wherever it was and i'm english so it's a big thing here and we had a gun amnesty and then that was it right study after study has shown that suicide hotlines do not work to stop suicides people don't Call and that's the reason is that we why do we have them? I think when we when we know that study after study show they don't work. I can tell you this as a person who's not only done that stuff, but I worked as a clinical supervisor for a suicide hotline, and I was on a suicide hotline when I was in college, and I worked as a suicide hotline when I came out of co- came out of the closet. It was a the gay hotline geared towards the gay community, and. You have mostly on those hotlines, you know, people who who struggle with friends are lonely and call in a lot. Frequent flyers, you know, buddy from, you know, God love from you. Brandon is calling in, you know, for the third time this week. Yeah. And people on those hotlines know they, they I mean, they're like they know this, they know these people. They're like, oh, yeah. It's, and they usually say to that person, like, you know, how you doing, buddy? Uh, we'll talk for 10 minutes and then we got to let you go. And that's one of the things that happens on these hotlines. But people don't if people are going to kill themselves, they're going to. Oh, no, no, no. They're going to. Yeah. Um, they don't talk to anyone. So, so this is what you have I've to do. This is what you have to do is that you have to normalize conversations about 
whatever's going on. And whatever's when I say whatever's going on, I'm talking about the emotion. So as opposed to reminiscing and wallowing in it. So I'll give you two different questions here. I'll give you one for sadness and I'll give, give you one for grief. Okay. For sadness, all you do is turn to somebody and say, how's your sadness today? That's it. That's it. You don't say, let's talk about what's going on in your life. How's it going? Uh, you, you don't wallow in it with them. You don't ask them no. to reminisce about what they're sad about. You want them to have a conversation. Not a, You want them to not have a conversation about the things that they're sad about. You don't want to roll in their sadness with them. You want to have a conversation with them about their sadness and the level. So how's your sadness? Oh, well, you know, I really miss, is your sadness different today than it was yesterday? Well, yeah, it's a little bit different. But, you know, I really miss, you know, uh, sometimes I think, you know, what am I going to do? So so you still have some thoughts going on around stuff and, and we're not going to fuel that. But it sounds like your sadness is a little bit better than it was yesterday. Nice. If people can have that kind of, same thing with grief. Right. So you it's so. Oh, before I move on to that. So I just wanted to share with folks this thing about clouds that I was talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. That yeah, I was just yeah. talking about now, because your listeners should have experienced the clouds rolling by about five minutes or 10 minutes ago when I was talking about changing my name. You probably felt that through the airwaves, my grief, my loss. You probably heard it in my voice, but I'm see, I didn't, I'm not fueling it. It's the clouds have passed because I'm not wallowing in it or, or, or throwing other stuff in it. It's, it's not, you know, if I tell you about a funny, uh, uh, a funny movie that I, you know, or a scene in the, in a funny movie that I, you know, I'm like, I really love the big Lebowski. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I love that movie. And there's a few scenes in that movie that I just go, I can watch those scenes, you know, over and end scene when his friend is blowing the ashes in the air of his dead and it goes all of all over Jeff Bridges face. I, I will fast forward to the scene in that movie and laugh. And, and when I talk about that movie, I laugh, but when I'm not talking about that movie, I'm not laughing hysterically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I'm watching that scene over on my DVD or my, you know, Roku as I'm streaming it, it's absolutely hilarious when the scene's over and I'm watching something else. Oh, it's you want to the next thing, right? The clouds have passed, right? So a great the the metaphor I use is that you know one of the things that uh, has happened to me since Brian's death is I've had two knee replacement surgeries, total knee replacements. Wow. They cut my knees out completely and they replaced them with this metal and other stuff. Everybody. My dad is now going to have that in the UK. So I know your pain. <laughs> everybody. So what you just did here was empathy. So that's an important thing. You're just like, oh, I, can't, I get it. I know it's, but the, the, you'll probably talk to your dad after he has his knee operation, probably for years. And you'll be like, how are you doing, dad? You'll be like, I'm fine. And what's going on? And you're probably going to say totally normally, totally authentically. How's your knees doing? 
They'll be like, well, it's bothering me. I was talking to somebody today because one of the things that happens when you get a knee replacement surgery is that you can't straighten your leg. Um, and you and you have to go to physical therapy and work to straighten your leg. And if you don't get it to a certain he, point, it's going to stay. He's going to hate gonna it, but he can't he can't walk any yeah, distance. Yeah. So he has to sort yeah. it out now. It's got to the point of no return. So he has yeah. to do it. He's going to hate it, but touch but it. But you're going to ask him, how's your knees, dad? Right? Can you straighten? Yeah. Well, maybe. I might do for the first few months. Oh, but no, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'm telling you, uh, people that I, oh, people really? that I hardly oh, okay. know um, come up to me and say, you know, like I'll be on a fire scene or I'll pick something and going and they're like, how you doing? You okay? How's your knees? Right? Because they know oh. that, you know, yes, I've got these, I, get the I have the, especially if I'm wearing shorts. I have these like, I don't know, 10 inch Scar. scars down the front of my knees that you can clearly see. And if somebody just asked me about You need that, to make up a good story about that though. You need to make up a good story. Not a knee replacement. You need to say, right, I was dropped from a helicopter on my skis, <laughs> skiing down a mountain. You need to make a good story up, right? I, that's what I say to anyone who's got a scar, right? Make a good story up about it. In your free time in the middle of the night, you should Google scar tattoo and you will see people that have turned their scars into crazy tattoos. And so I was thinking of turning my one scar one, one until I got both knees into lightsabers because um, somebody <gasps> had turned them into Star Wars. Light. I'm like, that's a really cool. There thing. we go. I know. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. You were so talking the, about. So, so the idea behind it is <laughs> normalizing the conversation. So you turn to somebody who's who's struggling with depression. How's your sadness? And they're going to talk about how that was. And they're or they're going to say, yeah, it's not as bad here. It's not as bad there. Or like like when someone asked me about my knees, I'm like, I'm really now working on um, my right leg, which I had replaced eight months ago. Um, I'm now making a conscious effort to go up two stairs at a time when I go up the stairs with my right leg. Because my left leg's pretty strong because it's happened two years ago, but my right leg's still weak. So if I skip a stair and do that, that's going to help strengthen it. I got to take a bigger step. Um, and so a friend asked me, you know, how's your, how's your knees? And I said, well, this is what, just what I shared with you, right? That's just what I'm doing and how it is. I'm not complaining about, they're not asking me, you know, does it hurt a lot? How's, I'm not wallowing in the story behind my knees. Right. So None. you're not wallowing in the story behind the sadness. You're not wallowing in the story behind the grief. You're just saying, how's it going? Specifically beyond how's it going? How's it going with grief? So the best thing you could do, if you know someone who's had a loss, you see them and it hasn't been a while. You turn to them and say, how's it going? How's your grief? Because if you just say, how's it going? People are going to say, fine, right? In the, in America, we've got grocery. You can go to the grocery stores, and when you get to the checkout line, the cashier turns to you and says, hi, how are you? They don't give a shit about how you are. They don't want to know how you we, are. They don't want you to turn in here. and say, let me tell you what's going on. You know, all those other people behind you in line are going to go apeshit yeah. if you do that. They just want you to say, fine, and you? Yeah. And you're expecting that grocery person to say, yeah. I'm fine too. 
Because if they turn to you and say, I can't ring up your groceries right now because I'm having such a hard time. And you're going to be like, shut up. I really don't care. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Just put them through. I don't care. All right. Yeah. No, exactly. So most of the time when we, because that's how we're trained to interact with folks, when somebody is really having a hard time, we ask them, how are you? And it's no surprise that you get, I'm fine. And then somebody blows their brains out Yes, the next day, right? I know. Because that's how we act. That's how we talk in the grocery line when we, everywhere. How are you? I'm fine. Or I'm good. You know? That's, we have we this- have something over here which is called and it was yesterday actually we have an are you okay day <laughs> and I'm like and and we had um, God love my work because like I I work for an awesome company right um, but um, we had a meeting where everyone was going are you okay and what do you do to stay okay right and at that particular time I wasn't really okay but I said I was okay. Because I was like, I don't want any of you guys to know that I'm having a really tough time. I've had a horrible three months. My son's been off school sick and X, Y, and Z, right? But, and I was like, I'm like, I went, I'm okay. (laughs) But you're right. But you're right, right? And I'm like going, but none of these people are going to want me to like, verbally verbally throw up all of my issues on them right like correct I, I have right I do have people I can talk to I'm all good but like and I'm okay right Anytime. but they say oh you should ask it twice <laughs> you should ask it twice right and I go yeah and I'd probably just say I'm okay no I am really okay and then I, and I wouldn't be do you know what I mean I'm going asking it yeah, twice the third time you're gonna, get be, to... you're gonna be like I told you I'm okay fuck off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well <laughs> yeah. yeah no exactly right exactly but no and I think that's that's really what you've just said is really good because I think there are times where and my son's just lost his grandmother right if we're gonna like we'll bring it to like so my my ex-partner's mother died probably about a month ago five weeks ago um and and look she was had dementia in a home etc cetera, etc cetera. I mean uh-huh. it's horrendous for everyone involved um Mm -hmm. and my son didn't really know her very well and i don't i actually really don't know how he's doing so (laughs) i haven't been asking are you okay every five minutes but we try and talk about his grandmother and he had of all things they were doing grandparents at school two weeks after he lost his grandmother right so i was like oh my god um but how do you approach this with kids like if they've lost somebody in so their life. First thing, first thing is that you do you and and listeners do not take this the wrong way. You don't want to talk about his grandmother yeah. except in the contents of how is your grief. So you want to be like, you know, when you think about your grandmother, you got feelings that come up, or you see that piece where you see some tears and come up, you turn to your son or your daughter, your kid, and you say, you know what you're feeling right now? What you're feeling is mm. grief, and that is totally okay yeah. that you feel this. That's not a bad thing that you feel. Grief is good. It's just it, – it's a feeling. 
And so then what you have is you've, you've, you've educated your son or daughter and yourself when you, you know what grief is and you know what they know what grief is. Cause you're like this feeling that you're experiencing, that's grief. Yeah. And so then you're in the position where you can turn to him and say, you know, how's your grief? Right. You can turn to him and say, how's your grief around your grandmother? Or someone loses a dog. How's your grief around Puggles, if that's the dog's name? Um, I don't know. Um, and so you you then have an opportunity to talk about that. If you if you engage, and it's okay to say, you know what? It's it's your it's your grandmother's birthday or this. Let's share a favorite memory. And, and then and then when they they're going to share that piece. Their grief's going to come up like when I was talking about changing my name. And then you say, you know what you're feeling here is normal. That's just grief. And here it is. And then you're back on to talking about pizza and the next television show or this thing or that thing. And then you're like, hey, how's your grief? Then And they'll be like, what are you talking about? See, it went away. Because you didn't fuel it. it. thing Emotions come and go. And that gives you an opportunity to teach a person that not just grief comes and goes, but sadness comes and goes. Anger comes and goes. You know, you get a kid, you, your son gets really mad at you or something. And you, and, and you say, you know what, you're feeling angry right now. And then you turn to them and you say, they're calm. Because they're, you know, eating or doing this or doing whatever. How's your anger? They're like, what are you talking about? And you're like, well, how is it? Well, it's, it's, well, what happened to it? Where did it go? And that's a really good, healthy conversation to have. Where did it go? Did you make it go away? Did it go? How did it change? I don't know. Huh. Things just come and go as long as you don't fuel it. And then that dovetails into this whole suicide piece because then yes. people are then talking about emotions as they are. If you just ask your son, are you OK? He's going to be like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm all and right. And especially if he's, and, I mean, he's six, but especially if he's a teenager, teenagers are just yeah. going to go, yeah, whatever. You don't understand and if me. You have somebody, if you have somebody that goes, yeah on those things, or you're getting bleh around something, give them a scale to rate their rate themselves on. Okay. That's the scale. You can turn to somebody and say, um, oh, I'll ask you, I'll ask you, Claire. So just thinking about your grandpa, grandmother in the last couple of days on a scale of one to 10, one being eh, whatever, or zero to 10, um, and 10 being totally paralyzed. Where's your grief around your grandmother in the last one. 24 hours? <laughs> one. There you go. It's one. one. And so if I ask you tomorrow and said, where's that at? And it was particularly difficult for you. You might be a seven. Yeah. Or a six or an eight or a 10. And then you can be like, why did you say seven? In this is the key thing to say. Why okay. did you say seven instead of an eight? Or instead of a six or instead of a one, you were a one yesterday. What changed? Why is it a seven? Yeah. Boom. End of conversation. If you turn to you turn to your kids and say, how was your day? How was your day at school? They're going to be like, good, fine. Okay. Got to go to my room. 
if you turned to your kid and said, how was your day at school? And they said, good. And you said on a one to 10 scale, 10 being the perfect day and one being the worst day imaginable, where's it at? They might say, they're going to give you a number and then you can say, why is it a six or why is it a five? And then end the count, no interrogation after that. That's the way to communicate with you. If you really want to start communicating with your family and your kids and, and really doing that, this one to 10 scale, it's what EMTs use. They say, how much is your pain on a one to 10 scale? Yeah, it is. It is. Right. Which is great um, after you've given birth because you're going, well, it's bloody nine. Give me some drugs. Like, I don't care what you're doing. Like, you know, and it used to be frustrating after having a cesarean because they would go, right, where are you at? What? And I'm like, I don't like I've had a cesarean. Give me whatever drugs you can, please. <laughs> you know, have you got any of that pethidine stuff that you keep giving Michael Jackson? I'd like some of that, please. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. I don't want the epidural ever again. But I had that one, you know, when I was yeah. I was in the hospital with my knee yeah. um, replacement. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, healthcare is so expensive. Anyway. In America, right. So, you know, I was in there the day afterwards and I was like, they're like, what's your pain level? I said, don't worry about what my pain level is. I want, what do I need to tell you so that I can get some, you know, narcotics here. And um, yeah. <laughs> I'm an oh. EMT. They knew I was an EMT. So I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. I want some narcotics. And they're like, are you really in pain? I'm like, look, I'm paying thousands of dollars a day to be here in this bed. I want some narcotics while I'm hanging out. <laughs> well, the funny it's thing boring as shit. <laughs> Yeah, just knock me out. The funny thing was, I didn't see it because obviously I was in so much pain, but they gave me pethidine and there was like a syringe full of it. And they only gave me like a little bit of it. And like there was a whole syringe uh -huh. left. And like my partner, my ex partner. Like, Can I have a doggy now, bag? It was like, <laughs> I, what's going on with the rest of it? Like, <laughs> I paid for that. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is so bad. It's so bad. But, you know, he has a point. Like you do pay for it. What happens to the rest? Like, can we bag that up for later? It's like, can we have a takeout? <laughs> but hey ho, we digress. Um, like, thank you because I we've, huh? We've digressed again. We do. Oh, like look, look, it's it is such a pleasure. I love talking to you. Right, it is such a pleasure. Um. I don't know where they've been hiding you, but they should bring you out of hiding a lot more often. It's so, it's just, it's lovely talking to you. And you have um, such an awesome way, such a command of the microphone, if I'm going to take it to a podcast word, because um, you're, but you're right. Like, I, I'm going to try this on my six year old when he leaves school today because it, you're right. He's six and he goes, all right, fine, whatever. Like I do find out a lot more stuff when we're sitting down and doing stuff because he's a boy. So you have to detract the mind yeah. from actually doing the talking and make Lego with them to get them to talk. But anyway. Right. Exactly. So look, how I, I'm, if I'm, if you're my speechless, you're, you're speechless. You're like, and I <laughs> am though. I, I, but, it, but it's, I always, when I come across anyone who has lost somebody, right? I just, and I think everyone would be in a similar situation. You just don't know what to say because you haven't got that. You're not feeling the emotions that they're feeling. 
but you don't also want a bombardment of like you know a waterfall platitudes are useless platitudes are useless and what to say claire is exactly what you just said yeah you remember what you just said no i can't it just goes in at my mouth and i forget it <laughs> you said i just don't know what to say and i don't want to make a mess of it all yeah so you go up to the person who's grieving and you say hey bob I just don't know what to say. I don't want to make a mess of it all. Fair enough. You just got to be genuine. I can't imagine how much pain you are in. You don't say things like, well, you don't start farting rainbows, you know, oh, they're probably with Jesus. Oh, it's probably better off. It was this, it was that. They had a good oh, innings. You know, think, what would you say? They, we, we normally say they've had a good innings. I, you they, know, yes, like if they go. die old, yeah. then you say, oh, right, they right, had right. good innings. And you go, I mean, yeah. that's not helping anyone. That's not helping anybody, right? No. It happened for a reason, oh. right? All if, things well, happen mm. for a reason. Good things will come out of this. Yeah. Your life, will, that's all awful oh shit to say. Yeah. And if you've ever been on the receiving end, and you will be on the receiving end, yeah. when that comes your way, turn to people and say, that's not helpful. Yeah. You got to have, because... I thought you were going to come out with profanities then. <laughs> no, that's, and they give you more if they, if you, if you, if, if they continue to do it, that's where you turn to them and say, fuck off. That's yeah. not helpful. I told you that's not helpful. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. So look, where can, cause like you have written 15 books, yeah, right? Yeah, you variety of topics. are an amazing person. Stroke We're all amazing ego. people. I'm you gonna, I'm gonna listen. are an amazing I this person. I going to be part of the podcast, this amazing person part, because I'm going to listen to it over and over and over again at night. Oh, yeah. Now you can take a snippet of it and you can just keep, you can have it as your ringtone. I like, have it as your ringtone, man. Say, I'm going to put it as my ringtone. Claire saying, you are an amazing person. <laughs> You, you are, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's ringing you. will go. You are an amazing person. You are an amazing person. You are. Like, People look woman? at you like some freak. Who's that woman with that accent. <laughs> well, and they'll go. Really? Is this some like positive personal development trip you're going on? It's like what the flip? Yeah, no, it's okay. Like, ask me to say anything, and I will for your ringtone. It's all good. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm easy. Um, but look, where can our listeners connect with you? Get your books, like you listen to, G, to you. You have a podcast. You can go to gscottgram.com. That's easy to find. Yeah. Um, so G-S-C-O-T-T-G-R-A-H-A-M.com. You can Google G. Scott Graham and Google will serve you up. Oh, my picture, you come up everywhere. Books about that I've written and all kinds of other stuff. And then my podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, Claire, I think somebody, you know, is going to be on that podcast soon. Um, who's that? You. Me? <laughs> it's a micro podcast <laughs> called follow your true azimuth. And you get to hear inspiring stories that are only like four minutes long about how people yeah. have followed their true path, irregardless of what everybody else is telling them to do. You're yeah. doing that. Do you know what That's came to mind then? Guest. I thought that, uh, well, maybe. Um, it's four minutes. Look, how do you think I'm going to cram in stuff in four minutes? I can talk the hind legs off a donkey. So this is just <laughs> going to have, have to have really no like trouble get... filling up the four minutes. That's, that's <laughs> oh, my a good God, thing. I know. And like, yeah, no, it'll be fine. 
I think. Um, but I, what came to mind there, I went, do you know what? Four minutes is perfect time. If you need to go to the loo, listen to your podcast. That's why I made it so short. Four yeah. minutes. Perfect. I could, do you know what? I couldn't think of anything that would take four minutes, but I don't know what I'm doing in the loo for four minutes, probably hiding from my son. It's all good. But, you know, yeah. What else I, takes four I, minutes? I, I don't <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Waiting for a kettle to boil. That would be a better one than sitting on the, oh. You know, I went to, you I, just went went just got, really... uh, I went and just got the monkeypox oh, vaccine. Um because it's oh. all over the place. Does that take four no, minutes? But the but the but the oh. um the nurse was trying to, you know, I'm like, so when can I get laid again and not have to worry about monkeypox? I'm like, can, <gasps> tonight, tomorrow, next weekend, what? And you know, there's all this stuff about, you know, they've oh, changed shit. the dosage here in America and all kinds of other stuff. She's like, well, she says, you know, you don't really need to worry about the um, monkeypox vaccine if you're having sex with somebody, because here in Vermont, it's not carried over a lot. And then she turned to me and said, and she said, you really have to have prolonged skin to skin contact. And I turned around, I'm like, what do you mean prolonged skin to skin contact? She said, at least three hours. And I said, well, I don't have to worry about that because if I'm having sex, I'm done in three minutes and then they're out of here. <laughs> so, I didn't even need so to get okay. the monkey So I don't even vaccine. need to get the monkeypox vaccine. Yeah. I, I don't need to worry about it for. Oh, my God. I can't imagine the last let's say, having sex for three hours. I would be exhausted. I'm a woman, so we, we're all right. We we can imagine it for like all day. It's great. But, you know, hey. Not me. That's why I said give you three minutes, I'm done. <laughs> Get out. We have to give you a rest in between. We don't need a rest, but you guys do. <laughs> you know, if however we were created, they created us right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you guys need, a, need rest, a rest. You know, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So, look. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming oh, on board. Welcome. I'm you're definitely coming back to talk about my kid might be gay. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like, I'm looking forward to that. We need to we need to explore that. This is all about having those conversations, getting that difficult subject and difficult conversations out there so that it's normal. It's like giving people tools to be able to have those conversations. And it's just it's 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 almost this whole piece and, about talking to your son about being gay or not being gay or whatever is about yeah. laying the groundwork. Just like I talked to people today about laying the groundwork for grief and emotions by normalizing them early on. Yes. Normalizing those early on one to 10 scales, easy, get people to talk about their feelings instead of just how you doing? Okay whatever. And then when people are talking about their feelings in a genuine way, then you can intervene before somebody is suicidal. That's not the time. Yeah. To intervene. Yeah. I agree. Just like the time to intervene when someone says they're, you know, you don't want to be the cool parent when your parent kids tell you they're gay. You want to be the cool parent long before your kids tell you they're gay. I, and I agree with you. I completely. Yeah. Because otherwise they're not going to come out and tell you they're gay. Right. Exactly. Trans, whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So look, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. I, I've got one more question. One more question. God knows what you're going to answer to this. Uh-oh. What book? No, no, no. What book would you recommend to my listeners and why? And it can't be one of your 15 books, right? Because <laughs> I'm already promoting all of those. I was just but looking at book? one of my 15 books. You know what my oh, yeah. one of my favorite books is? Um, yeah. Although he's a bit of a, in, in, in reality, he's a bit of a train wreck. 
I really love David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me. <gasps> I've read it. I love it too. He's a, that's a really he is a train wreck. He's, he's he a train is wreck. Is he's gone through human. like three marriages and all this other stuff. And so, you know. If there's his, one person that's focused, he definitely is, but he's only yes. focused on himself. And I'm not sure the emotional. Right. So you have to take it with a grain of sand. And even when he's kind of talking about pushing through with like, you know, when he was an army uh, Navy SEAL, yeah. you know, with the hair, hair, pin, you know, hair fracture on his leg and taping it up with with duct tape, you know, or not preparing for these 100 mile runs and getting through it by eating oreos saltines and gatorade and being sick afterwards you know it's about yeah. the perseverance piece but he's not a good role model for healthy living no no definitely not he is insane yeah um but yeah it is it, like it is a good read i agree with you i've read it and i think it's it's an like it to get your head into that focused area for periods of time <laughs> that's what i'm saying for periods of time is really really good look Thank you, Scott, for coming on the podcast. We'll get you back. It's yes. all good. But thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Um, it's been it's such been a, pleasure. a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, enjoy the rest of your night. I will. You too. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your day. Yes. Start of your day, right? It's Thursday, so it's nearly the weekend. Happy days. It's, yeah, it's Wednesday here in the States. I know. Sorry. I know. <laughs> we hit the weekend before you it's party time but that's okay it's all good <laughs> all right honey thank you so much i will see you later all right bye bye i hope you have a wonderful week and i hope to see you back here again soon be kind to yourself and remember no one is perfect we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karen and get down with the good vibes. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright